The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. You're listening to Fresh FM, I'm Matt and I'm joined on the phone by Michael McNicholas who I first came across I think around about the time of our uh, recent flooding and stuff and uh, we've been sort of chatting on and off and we're going to have a bit of a yarn on air. So for a start, hey Michael, how are you doing? Not too bad. Good, good. Nice of you to join us on air on Fresh FM. So you seem to be fairly engaged in things called e-shelters which we will get on to in just a moment but you've got a a bit of a strange way that you've come to be looking at these shelters so so let's get a bit of a a bit of a background about yourself that's okay my background is in filmmaking and photography and then i sort of started to um, look at using these various mediums for helping with aid and that's where some unusual twists came into it what sort of filmmaking and photography? I was a newspaper photographer for a number of years. Yeah. And the filmmaking was sort of uh, documentaries I've sold to TVNZ. Okay. So um, a couple of documentaries. And then basically I'm always looking for the next big challenge. And if the, the challenge that I'm currently on isn't challenging enough, I'm going to look for something <laughs> harder to do. All right. But at the time I was evolving these things, I was planted on a property and the middle of Remy, we were looking after this um, huge estate and living in the cottage. And we had this uh, massive uh, lawn. Right. And, and it gave me space to build things. Okay. And because I mean, I didn't live there, I <laughs> gave myself some permission to take advantage of the situation. And um, started building stuff, and mainly um, camera grip equipment, which is camera dollies and camera cranes. And, and I built a couple of performance stages there as well. And, um, I mean, people driving past, I mean, uh, may have noticed a few unusual things going on. <laughs> yeah, so basically one thing led to another, and the projects did become more and more challenging, which was fine by me, um, because as you go for a curve of these, you know, tinkering around with designs and then being able to build them at low cost, yeah. uh, it means that you, you pick up information and, and learnings that you don't quite expect to, you know, by doing the practical end of, a, of, of work, and that's the actual building phase, you know, as a, working as a builder, effectively, um, you learn all sorts of things that you, you need to know if you want to do even larger designs. Right. So, so I did. I picked up a lot of information over the years, talking to architects and all the people I've now got involved in the work we're doing. Um, and basically, what I did was I designed some. Um, you, by starting with community aid and people sort of um, been involved with community projects, which were colourful things that were then lending themselves to helping with fighting poverty in the community. Like, for example, the stages then could be used for food aid concerts and so on and so forth. Right. And then you could use the camera crane, which I called Skywing, which we were covering some of those events. Yeah. And, and then started piecing things together and it just grew in, in terms of scale and size. And eventually I came around to uh, modelling and designing wind turbines as well, looking at energy and using that as a leverage to make really strong gains with community aid and just trying to look at what really makes a community work well. With the wind turbine thing, just yeah. just very quickly, 
was this just thinking how do you produce easy cheap energy how how did what where did that come from the actual okay so go back to the umbrella name this invano which is the african word for harmony okay i identified it um that as a continent which really needs a lot of help and it's often said that like in south africa that country will never ever get electricity supply full electricity supply right i worked out a whole lot of stuff with um, wind turbines and using low voltage networks which could do some quite amazing things for providing electricity off-grid. I mean, it's basically low-voltage networks, so you're not actually switched into the, um, the actual national grid. Yeah. Okay. So it means it's very lightweight and easy to work with. Okay. Um, and cost, extremely cost-effective. Now, some of those things are, are kind of quite commercially sensitive. I'm going more sure. into making the public more and more. And so the thing is that um, I can come back to you guys on a later time and talk to you more about that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but, just just interesting, the, the, the sort of steps you've gone through. So you've obviously had that sort of mindset, which has then brought you to this e-shelter idea, yeah? Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, talking to engineers all the time, and people not not being too concerned about giving me time on the phone, being really supportive, and just learning all about hydraulics and geotechnical stuff and structural engineering, just all of those things. Okay. And being able to stand back and say, well, because being a novice, you do gain the, uh, the kind of advantage <laughs> over um, people who are professional because yeah. you're allowed to think differently. Whereas they're locked into a way of thinking and, and from their um, university education. Yeah. So they're locked into specific ways of doing things. And the game, their end game is not necessarily looking at the big picture. That is, that is doing like design a bridge or design, you know, whatever else. And, and, and they, they're not actually looking at how to solve problems. They're just fulfilling their work contract. Right. Okay. Most of the time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you've, you've come in as a, a, a novice. You've obviously picked up a heap of skills through um, just getting your hands dirty. You've yeah. come across this concept of e-shelter. So what is an e-shelter to start with? Yeah, just just a little bit of history on that last. I've always had this idea of using uh, lightweight shipping containers for the other designs in this stage, performance stages and what have you. Right. And so I always had a head start into um, evolving into e-shelter. And this actually just only came about this last year. E-shelter is a, uh, effectively an emergency shelter. Over a period of time, it actually morphs into a really, really cool house. And... I'm aware of well, the whole tiny uh, house area of design, but sure. this goes, goes a bit further because what I'm doing here, I'm shaping it around the use of lightweight shipping containers. Right. And uh, so and I'll talk to you more about that because that is one of the main um, like game breakers for this whole project. All right. Um, what happens is you uh, put insert inside that container from the top down as uh, a second container which... Um, basically telescopes up and then folds out from there. It's on YouTube at the moment. Yes. And um, it means that with one 20-foot container and keeping it as light as possible, a whole house can fold out from there. Whoa, okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So it means that it makes it easy to use different phases of that process to cater to different pe- people's different needs, whether it be a refugee camp in Syria or typhoon-proof shelters for Fiji or Samoa yeah. or Florida. Okay, so it's like hard for people to actually believe it, but it has many, many different applications in terms of being resilient and ways it's structured to be resilient. 
and the truth <laughs> is actually for in the YouTube item that people can go to okay. have a look at that and, and you can see how that works but one of the really exciting things is that um, it is completely earthquake resilient so there's no point take, dragging people through the nightmare of an earthquake and then putting them into a camp where you're going to still have 500 aftershocks over yeah. a period of months and they're so traumatised you know it's just too much for them so to have their shelter uh, earthquake resilient is really important. All right. So your base is a, a lightweight shipping container. Are there heaps of these things around? Are they? Um, this yeah. This is the first of its type that, uh, that's been thought, thought of. Um, they've run it past the Madsen shipping and numbers of engineers, and uh, there isn't really a problem with it. There's a certain way of building it so you can have a light but equally as strong, or nearly as strong as a uh, conventional shipping container. Oh, okay. And by just simply making the corner post strong, because they need to be able to support 180 tonnes of weight. The problem with shipping <laughs> containers is that they are just too heavy, two tonnes for the container itself. Yeah. So in a, in a looking into a natural disaster zone, they just become too cumbersome. Sure. So if you're able to have something lighter, um, then you can use go to lightweight trailers and to light, lighter weight vehicles like 4x4s rather than truck and trailer units. Right. It means that you can respond to a disaster much faster way. And not only that, is you provide, especially like in, for Nelson and, and more developed countries and like the problems we're struggling with in Florida and Australia, you can actually project forward that this can be a solution in every respect for uh, people trying to recover from a flood. And for the fact that they may run out of insurance and run out of luck altogether, it means that you can reinvent your whole life by getting yourself into one of these shelters and scaling down with um, your belongings and keeping life more simple. Sure. And, you know, laptop and just a few things that are really important. Yeah. And working with a system that's, that means that if you are so petrified about getting hit by another flood or a cyclone, you can pack it down and tie it away and get out of the way. <laughs> okay. From a container to e-shelter, how like how quickly could containers be converted to these things? Step one, if you don't have anything and you know, you've never had any, any kind of association with the development of this concept, what we can do is you'll be able to plug into using two um, frames. Yeah. And then the first structure is usually pretty much a tent structure. Okay. Which keeps you um, out of the, the environment, warm and dry. And then as you go through the phase, you can then sort of start to look at what really are your options. And in, in the future, because um, in the future, we're going to have to start rethinking, and people are already starting to rethink, how do we work with climate change? Mm. How, do we, how do we sidestep it? How do we manoeuvre around it? This system allows you to be able to open up options Okay. as to how to, how to navigate the whole whole problem. All right. So you, you have mentioned you've got a YouTube video on this. So for a start, if people want to check out the, the concept, how would they go about finding this on YouTube? Yeah, you'll find it amongst... Um, I'll give them the address in a second, but uh, you'll find the uh, link amongst uh, another design called uh, Flex Your Home, which is way more advanced again. Okay. Um, and then... You actually see the history of how the project actually evolved as well on the other items. Right. So what you do is just scroll down towards the bottom of the channel, yeah. and the channel is as Invano One, as I for Indigo, M for Mary, V for Victory, A for Apple, 
in for nearly O for Orange and the numeral one, and then it pops up as on the YouTube. Okay. And to scroll down, you, I think it's quite good for people to have a look at the background of some of the other items because it gives you more of a feel as to how this highly unusual <laughs> thing took place. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like a new launching pad for all sorts of things. And once they see that, there's two items there on these shelters, and it shows it in sequence how it unpacks and all those sort of things. It's just all those things I just described and and more. There's okay. so much to it, how it all works. <laughs> uh, all right, so if people from the top of the South want to find out more, you know, is there anything people, you know, can, can contribute to this? Just at the moment, I'm trying, I'll be putting out more and more feelers just to try and uh, locate some of your flood victims so I can get some discussion going. Yes. Before I get into that, I just need to, there's one point I need to remember to tell you. This system is actually going to be a, a major breakthrough for first-time buyers. Aha. Uh-huh. Right. So it really, this is where it gets really interesting. It's one thing to have a system for disaster recovery work, and that's full of nightmares. Right? It's just, <laughs> you know, that whole scenario of anything to do with um, disaster. So it's obviously difficult. Yes. But if, if you're not currently in a disaster zone and you're, it's nice and sunny in the summertime, yeah. you can start thinking about your first time with one of these bricks. And because what's going to happen is by using all sorts of new technologies on the internet and all sorts of things, these e-shelters will become like, they'll, they'll build their own kind of currency huh. because they'll, they'll sort of fit into a market, which is um, a housing market, which doesn't actually make any sense. And it'll be the only thing that does actually make any sense. And also along with Flexi Home, which is a larger one. Because it, it makes sense because you don't have to pay insurance and the reason for that is because you don't, just don't need to. Wow. I mean, it, it can also pack right down, and with its aerodynamic, for the features, it is aerodynamically sound enough to hand, yeah. hand away a cyclone. Wow. Now, the thing about it, I mean, people still want to have insurance, but I'm just saying that it's in a way to try and emphasize the point. It strips back all sorts of overheads. You don't have to buy land. You just rent the land. And you get your um, e-shelter, and you can keep your costs down by just getting the materials and asking um, friends to help assemble it or maybe involve, you'd have to involve builders for the plumbing and et cetera, the electrical obviously. Yeah. But longer term, what I want to see happen is that these containers also can be used for forming the shape of large warehouses. So when you go to get your e-shelter, you do all the handling yourself, you just put it all together on the trailer, you knock out the labor content costs so for something which should should cost, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, two hundred thousand dollars for the raw materials, you're going to get it down to, well, say, one hundred eighty thousand. I'm not sure. Right. I, haven't, I haven't actually put a real close study on that yet. But it's whatever sure. it's going to be, it's going to be radically different okay. from anything else. Yeah, I know the actual um, material costs are one hundred sixty thousand, and that goes above like the tiny home sort of costings. Yeah, but this you get. Um, you get space. You can actually, you can actually make sense out of your life. So, um, and you'll be relaxed with it. And as I say, it's got to have its own currency. You can actually, like, if you identify, you want to live shift to another part of the country, you'll find that what will happen is that on the internet will be other people with e-shelters who have the same t- intention, to, and they're wanting to shift to the South Island or want yeah. going to the North Island. You swap them, huh. right? You just leave them where they are, and. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and the other opportunity is to, of uh, course, they have the same value. Um, the other opportunity is to, you can put them in on, in on an international shipping. And if you get a job in Aussie, 
You don't have to get stressed about <laughs> buying or selling houses. You take it with you on a boat. Oh, there you go. Okay, so yeah. it, 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 it kind of like really revolutionises immigration. It, it redefines how we use subdivisions. Subdivisions will become, for what goes with this, will become redundant. They'll be all off-grid. Wow. And that means I'm looking forward to seeing people advance opportunities, opportunities all around the coastline of New Zealand, especially like places in the East Cape of the North Island, around Gisborne Way, and get into um, all sorts of new cottage industries. And So it's kind of like endless, and it's always like scary, because it's so simple and easy to understand, and the costs are held down. It means that, theoretically, a lot of young people are going to want, want these things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, YouTube, go to YouTube and look for Invano One. It was, wasn't it? I N V A N O and then the number one. Yeah, and no, no gap between Invano and One. Okay, cool. Yep. And people, if you know, if they get to your YouTube channel, can they uh, comment and interact with you through there? Oh, totally. That'd be fantastic, yeah. Cool. All right. Okay, so Invano, I M V A N O and then the number one, no space. And uh, you could uh, yeah, find out what Michael McNicholas has developed. It does sound uh, intriguing, especially with your background and the fact that you've you've been so motivated to to go through all this. It's incredible. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. just, I just see a lot of human suffering out there. I think, well, this this just not good enough. Yeah, things have to change. Oh, look, I agree. Hey, thank you very much, Michael, for joining us to talk about these e-shelters. Again, go to YouTube, Invano1, uh, take a look, and um, yeah, yeah, it's a fairly intriguing concept, I've got to say. Yeah, thanks for that time, because that was, uh, it does take a bit of time to um, get it sound like it's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, not a problem at all, Michael. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Fresh FM. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.